Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Q had posted at some point that he was going to like thank, I don't know if it was the creators of 8chan or the- Right, he said he was gonna send a message to the 8chan administrators. Came back, I saw it, and I thought it was really weird, and I just looked at it, and then I just, I just posted it online. I wrote, this could be something or this could be nothing. I thought it would be funny to say, oh, it could be from the real Q. And weirdly enough, Q never repudiated that. I'm one of the Q proofs. And I'm Paco Romaine. And you are listening to Subdoc, a show where comedians discuss and dissect documentaries. And today we are talking about the documentary on HBO, Q Into the Storm. That's right, the six-part HBO docuseries where filmmaker Colin Hoback goes down several rabbit holes and follows red herrings to track down the roots of the QAnon movement. Is it a movement? Is it a conspiracy theory? Hoback investigates this question and the bizarre father-son duo at its center. Paco, what the hell did we just go through? What was this? this is like this is what did America go through with QAnon? It's it's so bizarre, such a bizarre know. thing. I mean, I do know, but I don't know. <laughs> we're in it. We're just yeah, we're in the quagmire, the first, Q agmire. First, George, before we get into this messy, messy business, mm-hmm. I think you've forgotten. I've forgotten our it's anniversary. Fucking anniversary, dude. Oh, dude, it's also my real anniversary. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you cad. Like, you- I, we also got invited. Oh, I, I will plug. We should plug the Low Fidelity show. Kevin Seal oh, yeah. has been on the show. He uh, asked us to do his um his like a uh, music game show, and he's like, "Can you do it on May 12th? I'm like, "I don't remember agreeing to do that because that is my anniversary." So. Right. I don't, yeah. they were like, I like how it was like, thank you for agreeing. And I'm like, I never said yeah. I don't ever, I don't even know what we're agreeing to, but yeah. I'm always happy and I, it's going to be fun. It'll be a fun but, game show. You'll put a link to it. Yeah. But let's um, not, um, let's not years. hide the headline here. Six years. Um, six year, our six year anniversary of doing SUP Doc. I was going to, I was actually just thinking about this because I've been hitting all these like kind of like anniversaries of like me actually starting to do comedy also. I'm like, I feel like you first got in touch with me in 2011. And I don't know if you even remember how you first got in touch with me. I don't. And it was 2011 or 12. It was the summer of 2012, right? Okay. So it was, uh, I think it was was right. Maybe it was. It might have been the summer of 2012. Okay. So nine years. I've like kind of known you. For nine years. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Are we talking about subdoc or comedy? Oh, just like no, like the first time you and I ever interacted. Oh, oh, I don't like remember nine that. or ten years ago. Oh, okay. oh, 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 I'm this sorry. This has very little to do with Q. We'll just get out of the no, way. No, that's fine. No, this is important. This is more important <laughs> than fucking QAnon. I like. So, I think I didn't heard of your show, but it was like you wrote me a, a like a Facebook message or something or an email and just like, hey. There's this, this, some guy said that he's part of Killing My Lobster on your show. I've never heard of this fucking guy. And I was just like, okay, literally, I don't know who this dude is either. And he just had put as his credit. I was running the shows the last weekend and I didn't know this dude. I think Kevin O'Shea booked him. And then he was, I don't remember the guy's name anymore, but he had put Killing My Lobster as a credit and you came out like a bulldog like, I was so I gotta mad. protect the brand. I gotta I was the brand. so <laughs> mad. It's right. I completely forgot about that. And you didn't know me from any you're like I was like an open micer. You like didn't know me at all. <laughs> no, that's right. I didn't know you. And I remember seeing a um 
uh, a flyer saying like killing my lobster and this guy who apparently was going around town telling people that he had like founded was one of the founding members of killing my Lo- killing my lobster and like was the main guy and none of us had ever heard of it and then i guess apparently he had moved to la and was using killing my lobster to try to get into really? groups and stuff and to get into <laughs> meetings and all kinds of things so i am <laughs> i eventually tracked his ass down and it was like you have to cease and desist or we have lawyers like we will sue you. You can't just do that, which so, is crazy because that's yeah. what pretty much everyone on Twitter does now is just recycle so, shit. So like given that I'm assuming 80 percent of actually maybe like 70 percent of people do not know what Killing My Lobster even was. It's like a sketch no. theater <laughs> uh, video group that Paco, you were integral part of. Yeah. But like, uh, like, yeah, I don't think Nick knows. He's just like, what's, what is that? Was that a ska band? <laughs> <laughs> pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. Dude, Killing My Lobster, we were so big for a while. I mean, we had an HBO deal in place until everything fell apart when money started getting like on the table and people started getting pissed at each other. And I was, I was the uh, managing director and in, in the years we're talking about and, like killing my lobster had hit bottom because people left after the HBO debacle mm. and I tried to resurrect it from like Phoenix. And I was very protective of KML killing my lobster and everything we were doing. Cause I, we basically, when I first t- took over as managing director, I think we had like 53 bucks in the bank. Cause like the office was full of rats and mouse turds <laughs> and it was disgusting and gross and nobody had been in it for years, but we're still paying rent for this office space. And I went in and I cleaned it all out and I went and was like, I wonder how much money we even have. And it was like 50 bucks or something. And and you're paying was, rent on a space too? <laughs> because our board of directors were paying rent on this oh, space. Oh. And this was 2009 when I first took over. But by 2012, like we were jamming again, yeah. doing well. So yeah, that's right. God, I completely <laughs> fucking forgot about that. How did you remember that? Because that's the first time I ever like... <laughs> I'm Who like, is this guy? Who's Paco Romain? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. And, and now, we I, po- we, now we do a podcast together yeah. for six years. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Subdoc, and I was like, God, was it that early? Nah, that, it, it was 2015. Yeah, because Jimmy Gunn, sure it was right after Jimmy died. Oh, that's and right. And because yeah. he was, was going to be the co-host, and I was like, I need, I can't do this by myself. And I was like... Wait, George knows a lot of things. <laughs> the opposite of Jimmy Gunn, like who, like, <laughs> is fucking hilarious. By the way, like he would, he would just destroy when he. I mean, oh my he, god! I'd say I'm do the same bit several times, but it just killed. Yeah, he only like, had like three or four bits, and each. I, I mean, they would destroy every yeah. club anytime he performed. If look him up uh, on on Google, uh, YouTube, there's a bunch of Jimmy gun stuff. You'll see what we're talking about. Like nobody read from green eggs and ham quite like Jimmy gun, but it, <laughs> turns, out that, that, yeah. it yeah. turns out he was a giant documentary fan. Like I, I, Jimmy and I got to be very close before he died and we went out for lunch once and I was, I told him, I said, I have this idea. I cannot find a podcast where they just, where it's just two people talking about documentaries. That's all I want. I would just want to listen to people talk about docs and not be stupid filmmaker or not stupid, but boring filmmakers or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was like, I love documentaries. And I was like, fuck, okay, well, let's you and I do it. But mm. then he died. So Yeah. <laughs> That's what it takes for me to get a gig. Ah, shit. Okay. That's funny, dude. All right. Now, he could Six have just years, been dude. horribly yeah. injured. Yeah, that's true. St- <laughs> In the vocal cords, been. yeah. Right. But um, six years, man. I still remember you, when Matt yeah. came over and... The very first guest, Matt Lee. Yeah, Matt and Drew and Beth all came over and... um, Yeah. And we, yeah, and we are like, like, we found the formula, like, just through doing it. We're like, oh, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah, this is what it is. What? How do you do the podcast thing? And then I remember us dealing with um, SoundCloud and all that stuff at the beginning, and just being like, "How does this work?" Was, and they're out of Berlin and all <laughs> yeah. kinds of weird things. Yeah, we, we and, had all these analytics issues, but yeah, we like came out pretty strong. I feel like it definitely became a thing that I don't think either you or I could have predicted exactly what it would be, which I think is good. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I never thought I would talk to some of my cinematic heroes like Brett Morgan and, and you Jeff know, Fierzig, yeah. Jeff Fierzig and, and people um, that I super yeah. admire, like Dana Gould and 
Wayne Fetterman. Like, I mean, yeah, it's the the thing is, is like in 2015, Doc still hadn't broken through. Netflix hadn't quite put the money into Docs as they did in a, a, the years later. So we were still people were still like trying to find a Doc fan was not as easy back then. Yeah, you know? it's like so we we hit right a sweet spot of the ascendancy of documentaries and podcasts. Basically, <laughs> this is true. This this is true. Yeah, and um, and then uh, oddly enough, you, me, and Will ended up working in the podcast industry as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's been a of- wild ride. Wild ride. Six years. Um, it, it's weird to think that Q is younger than six years. It's weird. I just was thinking about the fact that I've lived in LA through the entire Trump administration, like on oh, both yeah. ends. I've like well, you moved to twenty sixteen. There in yeah. twenty sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still here, <laughs> and so. you're still there, and you're doing well, uh, and so yeah. is Trump. So maybe your cue, exactly. Maybe yeah, anyone could be. Any that's the stupid. This is so <laughs> fucking dumb. QAnon is the dumbest. It's so fucking dumb. I hate it so much. Is I it dumber stupidity. than flat Earth? It's the yes. It's the same, but yes, it's the same. This the same ridiculous NRA Second Amendment in like uh, argumentative bullshit that is, seems to like uh, be not parallel but perpendicular to flat earthers and to QAnon. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking dumb. I hate anti intellectualism so much. Um, I just I fucking hate it. I it blows my fucking mind that fucking Trump is this god for people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Does that make it, any it, sense? It does Can not. you unravel this for me? Well, th- there was some... Okay, so you probably hated watching this, right? Did you hate watching this? <laughs> I, no, I I enjoyed watching it. I mean, it's, I thought it was a... The first episode was not great. It got better as the episodes went on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I wasn't... didn't love it. You know, I didn't... Yeah. Didn't... I, don't, I feel like he... Colin Hoback, I think he did a decent job. I feel like it was kind of disjointed and weird. And mm-hmm. there was, it felt like me watch, it felt like how I feel when I'm researching QAnon. I get a little, yeah. I got a little anxious, you know. To, to, yeah, to his credit, like that's, it, it accurately reflected that feeling of just <laughs> yeah. like going down weird Wikipedia holes. And yeah. like even like the, the intro, like the animation, which is like a pretty cool animation, it's just sort of like drops all these references to things that are there's just like you would really need like i've spent more time just kind of subsequently listening to other interviews about this stuff or there is a good podcast called rabbit hole by the new york times that talks about basically like online radicalization and it only doesn't get to q and on until like maybe like the fifth episode but it does wow. talk about stuff like pewdiepie and gamergate and stuff like that so it kind of sets up like a lot of this background that's good to know before you even get into this. And then it's weird how like, even if you research something that is like critical of QAnon, I'm like, this starts to feel just like I've joined a different cult. Right. Right. It's just like, it all just turns into the same type of thing. Um, But yeah, I think one piece that sort of gets brought up a little bit in the beginning of this, and it's not brought up as well as in like, I think like heaven's gate, when we talked to the filmmakers of heaven's gate was just sort of like, this thing where people are actually what they're actually getting out of this community. And I don't think that's mm. really like brought up enough. Cause I feel like that's a lot of like what uh, binds people to it. It is like people are lonely and isolated and like they get into these like radicalization zones where they don't have other people to talk to about this stuff. They alienate their families immediately. So then they just like go to the people that like are in the same zone as them and right. Yeah, it's it's like I think that piece is where there could be a little bit of empathy because I realize that's the same thing with the flat earthers. If you watch the flat earth documentary, the same vibe was like, oh, like really what these people are looking for is actually community. And they're just like and it's like no one wants to be called stupid, right? I mean, no. it, it but like but come on. It's pretty it's pretty stupid. It's but really stupid. It's really stupid. Uh yeah. it's but also like, people incels- believe it. Yeah, because it's I I okay. So I like to me, flat Earth could is a conspiracy, whatever. It's a cult, fine. But QAnon and the Trump stuff seems much bigger than a cult. Cults mm-hmm. to me seem about let's say five hundred or less people. Let's just mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give it a number. Like 
this seems like a religion. Like only sure. a religion could get that many people on January 6th to show up at the fucking Capitol and break in and start trying to kill people. Right, right. I mean, it, the, like a lot of it does feel like it is religious. Like there's a guy in the in one of the QTubers who's very religious, the guy who keeps burping and is kind of just a, <laughs> a dumbass. And a lot of these people uh, like actually, a lot of these people legit, like someone pointed out like, People are like crying because they really think children are being eaten. Right. What do they call? They're called like the velvet, velvet cues, like the moms that are like oh, behind. Oh, uh, pastel cue, sort of pastel like cue. I was just looking at that. Yeah, like there's sort of been an on ramp to this stuff from the new age wellness camp and sort of like a feminized sort of uh, <laughs> a take on cue. Yeah. Oh my god. And it, I don't know. I mean. As far as I can tell from the recent news for the last couple of years, it's been mostly Republicans getting arrested for pedophilia and sharing child pornography and all that shit. Matt Gates, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with Matt Gates, but like it just I mean, the amount of projection that's going on, the mm-hmm. amount of like pearl clutching, like won't someone please think of the children that's going on? Like I mean, it's like it's like you have these, you know, do you know what, uh, you know, like tapestry or, um, you know, when people make blankets, like when grandma's oh, yeah, knit like blankets, a, quilting or a quilt, yeah. thank you. Like each of these different little conspiracy cults were quilted to make this one giant fucking problem that is QAnon. It seems like to me, you know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, like I feel like there's like a lot of precedents. If you kind of just re- rewind it a bit, there's like. Pizzagate is the most obvious precedent on the sort of like the jump start to the whole thing. But then uh, I guess like I, I didn't really know a lot about Gamergate. I actually learned a bit more about it listening to this podcast. But uh, just sort of the Gamergate aspect of things like, yeah, uh, it's it it is like because it's anonymous, because it's so broad and because like the only thing you need to like believe is that like Trump is like has the secret plan to all this. You can just inject everything into it. So that's what people did. But also like I it seems like there is was, you know, people just hijack the momentum of it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that didn't really believe it and just wanted to like ride it for power. I mean, I I don't I do think Marjorie Taylor Greene probably does believe in this stuff based on everything she's been posting. But yes, yeah. indeed. Oh, why don't man. why don't we do uh, why don't we listen to her commercial? Yeah, cue it up. Uh. Q appeared to offer concrete good versus evil answers in a chaotic world, giving its adherents a sense of control over the uncontrollable. COVID is the biggest lie fake news has ever told. How can you say that when you look at the numbers? Well, um, I don't trust the numbers. What um, evidence do you, do you have besides online speculation? There's there's. Uh, months now of documented evidence for this. What kind? Nemos News Network, if you want to go search That's your network. Absolutely. I've been covering this since the beginning. And with an election coming up, some even felt inspired by QAnon to run, tapping the power that its ever-increasing community represented. Honestly, um, everything that I've heard of Q, I hope that that this is real. 24 QAnon candidates ran for United States Congress. Two would eventually make it to Capitol Hill. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I think, you know, from like my background and growing up in like such a rural area of a very libertarian area of Michigan, like none of this is that surprising because I feel it's been around like the 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 Christian escapists that like would go and move to rural areas and develop these weird churches and stuff that seem kind of on the down low, kind of under the mm-hmm. radar. But there's been so much of this that has just been bubbling. I I you know I never thought about what you were saying earlier about um, being kind of removed from a society or being lonely. Like and like maybe even past traumas or something that kind of informs some of this way of thinking. I mean, to me that's kind of interesting, but. I, I also don't want to have any sympathy, <laughs> you know. Sure, for any it, of these it, people. Yeah, the, you we what you watch feels good, man, right? I feel like yeah. there's this sort of this thing about like the the neats or the you know the people that are sort of like left out of uh, society in a lot of ways, and like they they just spend all their time on games and sort of getting down these rabbit holes. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, my brother-in-law. My sister won't mind. My brother and my ex brother in law, he's a tinfoil fucking hatter at mm-hmm. this point. That yeah. dude, that dude was into um, like fucking CB radio, where people were just like, "There's aliens." And who is the famous like um, UFO uh, co- guy? Coast to coast? Are you thinking coast to of, coast? Yeah, yeah. Alan Bell or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Something Art Bell. Bell. Art Bell. Art yeah. Bell. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Nicholas. Look at, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Give that man a raise. Dude, that I, I got to say, like that was quick. I, I used to find some of that stuff entertaining to right. some degree because you're not insane, so it's yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah. it's entertaining. I didn't ever like fully buy into it, um, but yeah. Uh, th- did you see also a documentary that just came out on Netflix called Coded Bias? Oh, I have not seen that yet. It does tie into this in a in a way because a lot of the critique of this might be that, you know, a lot of people weren't on 8chan to find out this information, right? They're just getting their information filtered through a couple levels on, like, Facebook or whatever. And it seems like that's why it was hitting certain generation of people that were, like, very susceptible to, like, memes. You right. Know, people that were maybe not media savvy. Or anytime there's a link, it means it's true. Like you linked from something. So it's true. They linked from this place called 8chan. So it yeah. wouldn't be on there if it wasn't true. I got to say, like the my mom has been very anti-Trump and it's been like one thing Good we've like luckily agreed on throughout our yeah. lives. But then she's gone and I, I, I don't I don't know if I should. I'll just get Let's into call it. her. Get her on she, the phone right now. She's been like doing all this stuff saying like. That China is like actually like really good, and like they're they're re-educating the Wigers. I'm like, no, that's not the Ooh. re-education. That's it's not. And and then her argument is like, well, you know, the CIA promotes all this anti-China stuff. I'm like, I believe that is true, but yeah. it can also be that they have a terrible human rights record and are committing atrocities in with the Wigers. So both can be true. Yeah, both things can be true, right? But it's just been. I'm having that moment that people are having with their parents about Q around this issue, right? Interesting. It's like, I'm like, I don't know where I'm. I, yeah, I, maybe I'm listening to Vox to find out this information, but like, maybe the information you're getting is totally pro-China propaganda. Like, it's just like we're gonna just argue about like what our sources are, and we just are gonna have to agree to disagree essentially until like right. I can like find i'm not i don't think i'm gonna find like a silver bullet to like convince her it's a case because mm. she's just like well where are you getting your stuff i'm like i don't know just the new york times <laughs> and, and also just reason reasoning like intelligent I mean, reasoning yeah. she grew as up well. in taiwan it's like she should have a distrust of china she really but should i do also get that like it's like it's a very it's one of these things where it's like it's sort of it is similar in a way to like like if you're Jewish and you want to talk about Israel and don't want to like you know get like put in a certain bucket or whatever it's like if a lot of people might be critical of 
China for like racist reasons as opposed to like, you know, factual historical reasons. So like there's sort of like knowing how do you want to like approach that is is sort of important. But um you're well, just not to get lumped in with this thing that like, yeah, where's where's the origin of all this information coming from? I mean, there's there's also like, you know, anti-imperialism, like the like uh, isolationism. There's so much at work that goes into all of this, you know, that is really frightening. I find it extremely frightening because like mm-hmm. once intelligent reasoning goes out the window, you're fucked. Then it's just the wolves are at the door. And that's what we're about to have. It's about to happen. Like, I mean, it Trump is not going already, away. though. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's they were happened. sniffing and scratching around the door, but they're coming for the door this next time. They're not going to, we're not going to have the same end that we'd had. Um, and like on January 6th, where it kind of just kind of didn't yeah. work. I mean, I, I get the appeal of like thinking that you can somehow sniff out the truth that other people don't know. Right. Like that's, that's the basis of like this flat earth, some of this other stuff. It's sort of like, it gives you a sense of control or superiority, but it's also like, you know, like seeing false patterns. It's like, it's like faulty pattern recognition, right? We're like pattern recognition creatures, but you're just getting like, you're, you're seeing noise and then looking for signal, which is literally what, what I do. I was like, I listen to noise and I search for right. signal. Um, yeah. I mean, in you other can, aspects, but humans want to make patterns out of everything. And I think in this doc and in cue into the storm, they mention how there's no coincidences, right? I mean, that was a cue thing. There's, mm-hmm. there are no coincidences. Well, it's like, you know what? There are actually coincidences. There are actually things that don't line up that don't mm-hmm. matter to each other in a substantive way. Um, and that's why I, th- I think also like the, the right let's, uh, you know, I don't know this. It's hard. It's hard to put a political direction on QAnon, right, yeah. left, you know, whatever. But like for a long time, those kind of people, I think, felt marginalized because people who are smart and can put have reasoning were just like, you think there's a flat earth? You're a fucking imbecile. You're mm-hmm. a dumb, stupid person that I want to laugh at. And they're like, well, now we're going to have our, you know, we're going to have our say now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I believe like, I, and I didn't really give this a lot of credence before, but, um, you know, the, the thing about, about PewDiePie was like people <laughs> fe- like he gave these people who were like, this guy's not actually a Nazi. He's making fun of Nazis. And like, so then it made it seem like it gave some credence to this idea that like people are overzealous about, uh, like uh, regulating people's speech or something like that, right? So it's sort of like, even though like he obviously like pushed everything way too far, um, he you know did apologize for some of the stuff that he said, uh, but also I guess we didn't really talk about PewDiePie in this documentary, so that's going off a little bit of a tangent. But basically, yeah. like it's it sort of like th- it let people feel like they were the victims, right? That's basically right. what it did. It enabled people that. We're not at all the victims to feel like they were the victims. And that's a lot of QAnon as well. Like you de-platform QAnon people off Twitter, they get to feel like, oh, we must be, we must have touched right. a nerve. Exactly. And and I don't even know if that it was the best. I mean, it's weird because it's like all these things that people did, like the that the major platforms did, you know, once they knew that Trump lost. It's like, you could have done that three years ago, assholes. You Easily. know, all this stuff. Yeah. Like the YouTube even being like, they decided they were going to like take down bad coronavirus information, but they wouldn't take down like Nazis, you know, in general, right. like it's, it's like, well, that was science and that's opinion, you know, right. Like it's, it's, th- that's why I think coded bias is really interesting as well. Cause they don't really talk, they just talk about filter, filter bubbles, a filter bubbles a little bit, but like the, the more like the algorithms that drive everything, uh, like, and who's in charge of programming those and like how it's not inclusive. That's kind of the message of that. I'm like, Oh, I feel like that was a companion piece to this one. Right. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, this is kind of what happens when you have bubbles in society and fragmented communities and people who are feeling lonely and left out. And then you have the internet, which just enrages and engages those kind of firestorms. And then you add a pandemic where people are just home all day long to like, go down and down and down and deep and deep and deep into these ridiculous rabbit holes 
into today, which was announced today that one of the uh, U.S. Capitol insurrectionists, his lawyer said that he had foxitis as a defense. Um, oh, it's like with, the Twinkie defense, basically. It's the, but it's like, the Twinkie it's, defense. It's yes. a fucking Twinkie defense, but it's Fox News. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's man. the if it doesn't fit, you can't convict kind of bullshit, which he was basically said this guy lost his job because of the pandemic and spent so much time watching Fox News that he felt uh, a need to go and be part of this insurrection. Oh, so Fox News is a public health crisis. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. like a yeah. lot of people would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so this the the there's three main people in this documentary besides sure. the. Uh, the filmmaker, uh, Frederick Brennan, who is the um, guy who started 4chan, and then Ron and Jim Watkins. There are Those are our, the heroes, if you will, or anti-heroes <laughs> of this story. That, and what, that, a, that, yeah. what a lovely yes. trio. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I, I learned to eat a little. I mean, I didn't know anything. I remember the first time I heard about 8chan was from Matt Lieb. Um, and Jesse had uh, local comedians in San Francisco because I had I started a a, a comedy production company years ago called Free Dirt, and mm-hmm. then these ridiculous tech bros here in San Francisco. Um, as soon as my website became available because I stopped using Free Dirt, they bought freedirt.com and then put together this horrible apparel company called Free Dirt, and even took my logo, which was a wheelbarrow, Jeez. and. I put all of that on Facebook and I was like, these fuckers just stole everything that I did. And Matt was like, let's take it to 8chan. Let's let's tell all the 8chan and they'll go after them. And I was like, what the fuck is 8chan? So he told me and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> did that work that's, out? It did. Nice. Yeah. And that's how I first met Jesse Hett was because he was not, he's not part of 8chan, believe me. But Jesse was very <laughs> awesome because he was like, he was like, I have nothing to do. I will just ruin these guys' life on social media. And I was like, please do. Did you, did you get the domain back? They um, asked at one point, sent us a thing being like, please stop. Like, please stop. <laughs> at first, they were being dicks. They're like, fuck you guys. You even have jobs. You know, they're being like these bro bros types. And then um, they just, they're, it's all defunct now. They don't even have. Yeah. You, so. you fuck with Reddit, though, more than I do. Like, I, I definitely, like, am not, like, I, I thought Reddit was kind of similar to, to HM, but it now I kind of see that there is difference. Yeah, there are differences. Yeah, it yeah. used to be. Then I think they um, made a deliberate action on Reddit's part to not be like HM. Like, they really try to monitor and, because it used to be, like, this hell, kind of a hellscape. And then they kind of got their shit together. And I love Reddit now. Mm-hmm. I learned so much stuff on fucking Reddit. It's insane. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's not quite the 8chan kind of thing that it was years ago. Yeah. I got their shit together. Also, like, Feels Good Man does touch on a lot of this stuff as well because, like, the Pepe stuff really started in 4chan and the Chans. Uh, I, you know, being a Chan, I didn't know a lot about Chans. But, uh, I, <laughs> yeah. George I, Chan. Yeah. Um, I had heard about the Frederick Brennan rivalry with the Watkins, I think, on an episode of Reply All where they actually mm. talked about like how uh, Frederick uh, felt like sort of, you know, obviously felt bad about the Christchurch shooting and all right. the copycat shootings that followed and really just didn't want to associate it with anymore. I didn't really know like how you just take three people that are excellent at being trolls mm. and then sick them on each other. It's just mm-hmm. that part of it was just like a weird, it felt like a side line in a way it when you're watching this thing i'm like i thought this is really going to get to something else about q and then it felt like it just turned into a thing about those guys but i mean <clears throat> it does tie all in back at the end but um i mean yeah. I, I think at some point you realize who's going to be the subject matter of your mm-hmm. doc and you follow those leads i mean it's kind of hard not to want to fly out to Manila and probably put the cameras on the watkins and mr brennan i mean they're interesting people well, that that was the surprising thing is that they even agreed to do this at all. I know, yeah. It does not make sense. Like they don't seem like they were like they they did have egos, so it's like they wanted some recognition, right. but they really put a lot of trust in in Cullen. At the same time, they just seemed like they were just fucking with him the entire time. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what's so frustrating about watching this. It's like no one is a, like Cullen is sort of your reliable narrator, but it's like. 
what is the point of interviewing these people that are clearly just like fucking with you the entire time? That's what it felt like for the first few episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. It took me, I watched the first episode. I did not watch again for many weeks. I waited till they dropped like a, like three or four more episodes so I could just binge it. And because I really wasn't that interested in this doc series. I was hoping it was going to be more investigative mm-hmm. than like, this seems more entertaining, I guess. More of like a, you know, a be, behind the laughter kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that's this has been compared to, I did not see the Vice documentary. There's a three-part Vice documentary about this. But I was actually very interested when I first put this on. I was like, Adam McKay produced this? And then I was like, oh, you know, this kind of makes sense of like, is this going to be like the big short of conspiracy theories? Oh, yeah. You know, like it's, it's going to like tear apart this very complicated story. Uh, and it is so complicated because like every, I feel like every episode starts with this thread where you're like, wait, how does this connect? How does this connect to this? Right. Yeah. But like, that's how complicated the story is because it's just, it's so, there were so many diverse things that kind of led to this happening. Right. Well, and I, I believe it just bolsters the saying that lies travel at the speed of light. Like mm. I think, you know, when you get something as complicated as the Q thing that there's so many opportunistic people in the world, they can just glom. I don't believe that either the Watkins or the original Q, they probably took over in place of yeah. Q if that's a person or a group or whatever, you know, yeah. It does seem like there is something in 2018. I was trying to remember how this exactly works because they were talking about like trip codes. I'm like, I don't actually know what that is. And I tried to look that up. But like, so in 2018, there's a point at which it seems like the Q identity on 8chan is like compromised somehow. But then it seems like, yeah, it seems like maybe that's the point at which basically Ron seems to have taken over. Spoiler. Uh, we right. at least in according to this film, it seems like the the main suspect is Ron Watkins, uh, who uh sort of like reveals like in a slip up or something that he's has posted as Q, but it's right. also you know n- not that satisfying of a get. No, and it it feels like the point like when it happens. Uh, the filmmaker has to like flash you back to every inconsistency he's had and do like a Kaiser Soze moment. Uh, and it's, uh, it's not exactly quite even what it is. Not even quite that good of a Kaiser Soze moment. Uh, uh, so that's yeah. exactly what it is. That's, that's what it so is. funny. It's, it's more like, yeah, the usual suspects rendered in uh, digital uh, terrorism form. But yeah. Yeah, that is funny. I mean, you would think by this point, after let's say four years, that whatever QAnon was prophesizing would have come true. I mean, there's been no like top Democrat that's been hauled in for pedophilia and blood eating or blood drinking. Adrenochrome, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't. It, it just seems like a more high tech version of the satanic panic of the eighties and nineties, right? Know? Or like, or like the oldest sort of like uh, anti semitic uh, trope, which it was blood libel, right? So that like goes all the way back to like eating babies. That's like a oh, very whoa. classic. That's like a lot of root of anti semitic. Uh, oh, that's uh, true. Folklore sort of tied to like the blood libel. It's just a modern day blood libel, huh? Fuck, yeah. I never thought of that. That is that is really interesting. Yeah, because it's is, also like a lot of people that hate Jewish people are involved right, in all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and then just like seemingly very I I guess like I think it's hard for people to to act to visually see that there are people that are chained to their keyboards. There are people that mm-hmm. spend 15 and that's what my brother-in-law was doing. He was spending 10 to 15 hours a day, didn't have a job and was just p- getting money where however and was just spending his entire time on the internet chatting yeah. with people who thought just like him and they just the fire gets built and built and built to the mm-hmm. point where last time I saw him I mean he just believed that the, the Obama military complex was coming to get us all and we're all just going to be put into prisons and you know yeah. and i'm sure now like if many years later i could be like what so what happened to your obama you know prison <laughs> stuff and he'd have some slippery answer 
to get out of it, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's the thing about, like, bucketing these into left and right isn't even quite right. Because, like, no. some of these, like, these people that are interviewed in the the, end of the film, I think they are they have very, like, Boston accents, but they're living in, like, Florida or something. Oh, a couple. yeah, that's, yeah. oh, my God. Where they're like, like, I voted for Obama. And, and like, <laughs> or, like, people, I'm sure there are people that were like, hey, I liked Elizabeth Warren. Or, like, yeah, I do believe, like that you know the banks fucked us all over and like it just turns into just like different a distrust of institutions right and i think that's i think that's correct that's the thing that's weird about this right like like i do believe like distrust in institutions is the way to go right like why should we trust institutions but why? replacing that with this sort of myth, myth mythical version of the new Jesus is this racist landlord, you know, who's our president. Uh, Like doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Right. So it's like, I'm like, I want to encourage, it's like, I want to encourage, like there's like radicalization to a point of like, you do want to do your own research, but then like no one's actually as good at research as they think they are. No. Like that's, that's the part. If you're doing your research in, into information that's been tailored for you, it's not research. You're mm-hmm. just, it's just a, a loop, you know, it's a feedback right. loop. Right, right. So like would, Q, would, stuff, yeah. would, the, would Q have gotten so big, the QAnon movement gotten so big if Hillary had won and Trump had not? Well, you yeah, think? R- let's see. It's because it did really launch after, after Trump was already elected, right? Because it was like this, get, the storm stuff. That's it was like kind 2016 of is like 2017 is when it really started going. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if well, like, the Podesta he, drops, right? Pizzagate. That's like that's pre Pizzagate is pre the election. So true. that's what really sets the template for it. And there are these people that are like they they their first exposure to him, Marina Abramovich is that she's spirit cooking, uh, and and they're ordering pizzas from a pizza place. Right, like there's right. a lot of suspicious pizza content. Like it's with the guy who runs a pizza Man. shop, and there's oh. no basement in that pizza. There's place. no basement. That's, okay, <laughs> that is also a clip that I love. That I, yeah, that's I, a great I mean, one. I don't love it, but like when Jack Prasobiec, who like I only know because of Pizzagate, apparently, right? Uh, it, like like is going in and he's like, I went in to try and prove it was wrong, but then they kicked me out. So clearly, something fishy is going on. It's just yeah. bonkers. I mean. Ah, the, yeah, the so Pizzagate and Podesta, all that stuff sort of came out earlier. I guess before that, there was like people that believed like Seth Rich was murdered. Do you know about the Seth oh, Rich oh, stuff? Oh, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. So Absolutely. that's like that's pre twenty sixteen. That's it pre goes back Trump's ascendancy. The the, the re, I mean, even like Vince Foster. Remember the whole Vince Foster suicide? Yeah, people like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Clintons yeah. had him killed. You know, and the mm-hmm. Seth Rich stuff and the Pizza Gate. It's funny how it comes down to like if like one old man got fished, mm-hmm. you know, in an email <laughs> spam. Yeah, and and it made all of this happen. If mm-hmm. Podesta had never actually just if he had not been fished, we had been fine, but. I, I do love that, like, like because we watch so many documentaries, like, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, oh, yeah, Huma Abedin. Like, like you know all these characters oh, yeah. kind of from, like, watching a million documentaries. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and it's been, you know, I remember, like, as a teenager painting homes in the summer and my boss listening to Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. on, like, for hours on the radio, on the, you know, and we would have it next to us and we'd I'd hear, yeah. and Rush, I mean, Rush loved this kind of shit. R.I.P. R.I.P. to a real one, Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pour out some fucking uh, sewage go. for him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's like, it's not new. I mean, this is not mm-hmm. new. I, I guess my point is it's like this kind of conspiracy theory that's been on the far right about yeah. Democrats. It's like it's such an obvious ploy to get people to hate the Democrats and the liberals, you know, that. Um, it's, yeah. But it's not a new thing. No. Well, uh, here's one thing that I thought was I had kind of forgotten all about Michael Flynn. And I forgot he's like central to this whole thing. I know. Which is yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's like, of course he likes it if, because they think he's cool. He's like, yeah, I love, I love Q. They love me. I love them. Like that yeah. seems to be all he cares about. Of course. I mean, like he, yeah, something happened apparently in his brain where people talk about like this. He was a normal, 
You know, he's a general in our military mm-hmm. and seemingly normal person and led raids and all kinds of things. And then got somehow mixed up with the Trump people, which usually means, you know, you can't even get a few miles from the Trump organization without getting some fucking shit on you. You know, I'm sure there's got to be something. So, yeah, I mean, look I f- at yeah. Lindsey Graham, for Christ's sakes, and just, just the shit he said today, which is like, there's no Republican Party without Trump. You know, we need him. It's like, what? What happened? What does yeah. he have on you, sir? Yeah. I forgot even like some of these characters I was like reading about uh about Michael Flynn. I'm like, oh yeah, Sydney Powell. That was like part of this. She was like the lawyer and this she's a lawyer that Rudy Giuliani was just like, chill down, chill out a little bit, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. She yeah. was like defending Flynn as well back in the day. There's all these other ex-military people who kind of like seem to be like retweeting or we're, we're buying into Q to the extent that they could kind of use it to push their own agendas. Right. It's uh, opportunistic. Yeah. Yeah. Corsi and Valley were some of the people who I right. never heard of before watching this film. So it's definitely, there was like stuff in here. I didn't know about, I didn't know about Cicada. Uh, did you, did you know anything about Cicada? Oh uh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, the ideas with Cicada and uh, there's some precedents to like other, augmented reality games like going back to the 2000s like there's stuff that could be cool about these games like there was that one in san francisco that uh there's a documentary about that one i never got into that one do you know which i'm talking about i i don't it's sort of like a it's kind of like a larping situation it's like an institute the jejun institute that's what it's called Uh. uh i i actually should watch that documentary but um yeah like i think the idea of like larping is kind of fun. Actually, I didn't know this either before this. I've never seen Monster Camp. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah, so Cullen Hoback made Monster Camp. So Oh. Yeah, so it's like it's so. like kind of makes sense. He started with one LARPing thing and then ended up with this other thing that was a LARPing right. thing. Um, <clears throat> it does feel like a very cynical, a cynical thing overall, right? Like I think like the Watkins is, they don't seem to actually have that much of an ideology. Uh, if anything, like the dad maybe has more of a specific ideology than the son. Right. Uh, he just seems like, I mean, imagine that's your dad. Firstly, Oof, like yikes. how messed up would you be? You'd, be? you'd end up being like Ron Watkins apparently. So, right. yeah. Yeah. You'd be like Ron Watkins or a, just a comedian, I guess. <laughs> that was my dad. I, yeah, I, I feel like, ugh, I just, I feel like I've known these kind of people my whole life where it's like, they think they're getting away with shit, and the less they say, that makes people think that they know even more. Right. Even though right. they know nothing, and they mm-hmm. understand the game, so they just keep playing it and playing it, and it gets so exhausting. And it's like it's kind of they're kind of bullies in a way, and like we yeah. never win with a bully unless you just tear them down. You have to destroy a bully to generally get them to stop. You well, know? yeah, like it's thinking about the point where they're like, "Oh, we don't make any money doing this." I'm like, "What? What? Why?" Why even keep going? Like, like he had to get rid of his pig farm that was making money and sustaining. <laughs> right. Like he was living this kind of Jim Watkins was living kind of this baller life in the right. Philippines, and, and then nice he like bends. moves to like Sacramento or something. <laughs> right, that's somewhere that's, like in Northern California, and it's just from like, Manila like, to Sacramento. Like, you gotta work in America. Yeah, like, yeah, you were that's just right. Toasting. Oh man, it, it, uh, the stuff with um. Okay, so there's also. The probably the most human drama you're feeling outside of like you know obviously there's things like shootings and then like the capital insurrection. It's hard to even talk about this film in a chronological way because it's, it's like impossible. This is it's, it's there impossible. is like this is what I found so annoying about it to start with because you were watching it kind of unfold in a chronological way. It's like like oh, wait I know the ending like so like it'd be like Cullen Hellback going and talking to them and then going back like a year later. And then everyone's stories changed and all the alliances have changed. And it's just right. like, well, what, you know, and then the only way he can put this together at the end is just by juxtaposing all the footage with each other. But, uh, yeah. yeah, uh, uh, the Watkinses are, uh, basically like Ron lives in Japan. Jim lives in the Philippines. They have this other dude who helps them out. Actually, I do like, I do want to play a little bit of this clip which is uh, Fred Brennan basically setting up Tom, the guy who's basically the the tech admin 
or the IT guy for for 8chan. What right. a job. What a job. He's just like apparently like just like does like mushrooms all the time in the Philippines. Uh, <laughs> right. Great, great life. Um, <sighs> and then they have this little meeting in a cafe. I, I, I found this. Let's, let's listen yeah. to it. I'm just glad that 8chan's not coming back. And, you know, whatever you name it, my name's not on it. I have nothing to do with it. It's like absolution. Yeah, I think none of us want to be back here again, like yeah. rehashing the same drama. Right. Yeah. What's the new site going to be called? I don't know yet. You don't know? Really? Yeah. Well, I, there's, it's down to like a top five. Yeah? Can I know the top three? You can't. You can't. Sworn to you know I would put them all on Twitter, so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be on. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So we the the like we we had talked about before though so the yeah the the ending to this is basically a slip up which is like yeah. I, without that slip up I don't know if Colin had an ending to mm-hmm. this documentary because it's basically Ron ba- saying like um, I was a military operative and I used to do this anonymously and never as Q and mm-hmm. then and then it's like oh what. Yeah, and then it was just like, like he said, a Kaiser Sose moment, and and then it's still like, well, he never said really said anything. <sighs> it's you know? so anticlimactic. It's so ultimately because like you would have suspected Ron in episode like one or two, I would think. Even when he throws like that Steve Bannon kind of red herring out there, then it's just like this seems a little convenient. And also, why is he trying to convince this filmmaker that he knows? who Q is and he thinks it's like, it's clearly like him setting up like some false. This is, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is also one of those things that could have been one episode. Like this whole doc series stuff is getting out of hand, man. This could have been one or two episodes. I, I kind of agree, but at the same, like the, the actual stuff that he got could be one episode, but the actual setting up of the entire like all the dominoes to be in place for this to have like led to like the insurrection. I feel like that could have been eight episodes. Sure. And like, oh my God. Like that's the stuff where it's like, it almost frustrated me the more that you saw the filmmaker in the documentary, right? The more he injected himself in and especially in that scene where he like helps Fred escape the Philippines. I'm just like, wait, what is happening now? This is like, I mean, like, I understand you don't want this guy to die. That yeah. that's, that seems fair. But it's like, he's like, I'll pay you to help me escape. I'm like, what is <laughs> happening right now? Why are you filming all of this? I um, know. I mean, I get that, like, yeah, he wanted to just capture it. And it was, like, exciting. But it felt like this this, this whole series changed. And, like, right. like, he's basically like, oh, Fred can't be Q. I'm going to help Fred. And right. it, it, that felt like a weird move. Uh, and then also just like he's not it doesn't feel like a gonzo journalist the way Michael Moore or someone like Morgan Spurlock or any of these people do gonzo journalism. Right. So it's just like injecting himself. He has to be the proxy for us because he's the only one there to film all of this stuff. Right. But, yeah. But it's not like it doesn't feel like a great I mean, it's he obviously invested a ton of time into it. He did a good job of piecing together all the footage that he had. At the same time, I feel like dissatisfied with the overall experience of watching this. I feel like just from what I read on Twitter and just talking to other people, that's how everyone felt about this doc series, which is like, it's kind of kind of a waste of time. Didn't really do much. I didn't really, I didn't learn that much more about everything that I already knew. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, tip, tip of the hat to Colin for, for a project, that he put together. I mean, you know? if, if HBO had not stepped in to help fund this and distribute it, I don't know that we would be talking about this at all. Like, right. It would have like ended up 
who knows where it might have ended up on like an Amazon or a Hulu possibly, but probably not. I feel like they don't want to touch the stuff. I mean, I know from talking to, you know, other people that have made films about like controversial subjects, like it's very hard to get distribution. Right oh now. yeah. People do not want to like, imagine like you have to throw up a billboard <laughs> promoter, like called right. Q into the storm. Like, right. Like H- kudos to HBO for taking that on. It seems like Adam McKay is a central part of, that happening right. um maybe yeah it's like maybe i didn't like the big short as much as i thought either like it's like it's really hard to tell these very complicated stories uh even if they are just very there's just like so many characters involved it right, just yeah. would be like seasons of like game of thrones setup i mean so we should maybe try i, I don't did you think about a cast this doc for this at all paco oh shit no okay well no. I, I actually already tweeted mine which was Ron Watkins, Matt Lieb. Uh, the mustache, okay. the glasses. Sure. Okay. And then his dad, uh, Jim Watkins, I was thinking Rich Fulcher from uh, Snuffbox and right. uh, Mighty Boosh. Just like, kind of like, ah, yeah. have some of my smoothie. I could see Steven Root kind of playing <sighs> Steven, Ron Watkins. Oh my God. Yeah, actually, I. I, I changed my mind. You're right. So t- together we've cast like the perfect <laughs> Watkins documentary biopic. Right. Stephen Root and Matt Lee. <laughs> let's make that Hollywood. You agree? Let's like make that. The, let's do it. Let's uh, pull our money and uh, do some financing. We'll get Adam McKay involved. Yeah. Um, oh, also I thought of uh, the guy from Cicada cause they animate him as a giant bug. I'm like, Oh, Justin Pearson from the locust. There that would you be go. A good. That is That's a joke funny. for just Nick. <laughs> that is one person for that joke. So, um, interesting documentary subject matter. Not a great doc in my mind. Um, six episodes is a lot to ask people these days. I think yeah. to sit and watch. So, um, if well, you haven't seen it, yeah, you might want to just listen to this and not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the the argument that I've heard subsequent to this is just like this will be the only thing to pull people out of it. If you just see these dumbasses, but I'm like, well, it's kind of over also like it's over. Like nothing happened that they said would happen. So you should not believe anymore, but there are plenty of people that still are holding on and, and think that there's something is going to happen. Like when people said what JFK jr was going to come back, that was also part of this. That's right. I remember the pictures of the the person they thought was him in disguise. (laughs) It's like there is no end. That's the thing. There, there's literally no end to this treasure hunt. You can go. This can go on forever. I mean, it's amazing. You can just add and add and add to it. Yeah, honestly, I was like a little bit nervous, like talking about this. I'm like, it's probably fine that we don't have a guest to talk about this with us because, like, I don't want someone to get like like right you know, doxxed or something or something who knows like yeah. or even us you know but yeah. i mean to, to i mean i will say you know cullen really put him put his own ass on the line by making him so much a part of this thing and yeah he's just had to do he's done a ton of press to promote it but yeah um i appreciate the effort for sure yeah, yeah. and i mean like it looks like he flew to the fucking philippines with like in an hour's notice he also <laughs> flew to times. like italy for no reason <laughs> right oh the monastery thing i'm like you blew a lot of your budget just doing that like yeah steve bannon wasn't gonna be there yeah right oh but I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that didn't even make the cutting room floor i mean it's it is like kind oh, of fascinating yeah. that we got here but you know what there's gonna be i bet you anything there is gonna there could be a second season of this let's just see what happens in the next couple of years let's let's see what happens on yeah. that my friend happy anniversary Happy anniversary. Six years. Yeah, what, what, what is six years? Is it uh, linen? I think it's. it might be linen. It might be it linen. Might be, it might be a quilt. You're getting a quilt um, in the mail. You're getting yeah. a quilt in the mail. Ooh, a quilt. Thank yeah. you. That's awesome. Nick, thank you so much for helping out. You've been, you've been awesome. And Will, I know you will hear this. Thank you for being part of SupDoc for all these years as well. Um, yeah, we got, we got more docs to go, so... Hella more docs. shows, more shows, more, more shows to record, more docs to go. Hopefully, more um, more uh, people to listen to this and more uh, cease and desists. <laughs> more cease and desists. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about SupDoc at supdocpodcast.com, Recapping reality since 2015. 
Our theme song was written by David Siegel, and our show was engineered by Will Scoville. Our associate producer is Nick Coltis. Please donate to the show through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast. And if you want to help us out in any other way, please just share the show with a friend. Join the Doc Talk and check out our hot takes, pictures, and videos on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're Subdoc Podcast on all of those platforms. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find Paco and George's comedy gigs when those are happening again on the About Us page on the site. Subdoc is by Doc fans for Doc fans. So if you want to advertise with Subdoc or if you got a film or opinions or if you want us to have a certain guest on, please hit us up. We'd love to hear from you and what you're docking out on. Email us at subduckpodcast at gmail.com. 